Today I'll be chatting with Dr. Pamela Ferguson about meeting your body weight goals on a plant-based diet. It's not uncommon to have concerns on both sides of the fence. Some people worry that they'll waste away on a plant-based diet, while others worry that they'll gain unwanted weight. In reality, a plant-based diet can be what you want it to be, just like an omnivorous diet. Today, Dr. Ferguson shares tips on how to craft a plant-based diet that fits your body weight goals, whether that means weight gain, weight loss, or staying right where you are. Dr. Ferguson is trained both as a registered dietitian and as a nutrition scientist. She obtained her PhD in international nutrition from the University of Liverpool and has lectured in nutrition at Ryerson University here in Canada and also in the UK. She's worked as a dietitian around the world for organizations such as UNICEF and the World Food Program and now runs a private practice here in British Columbia. Dr. Ferguson chooses a plant-based diet for herself and her children and loves helping others to do so in a way that is healthy, delicious, simple, and economical. I highly recommend her tasty recipes, her thoughtful blog, and her compassionate services as a registered dietitian. Welcome to Get Real Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chana Davis. This show cuts through the noise to give you science-based insights from real experts so that you can make smart, healthy choices. Dr. Pamela Ferguson, thank you so much for being here. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about a somewhat controversial topic, which is can you meet your body weight goals on a plant-based diet, regardless of what those might be? I think there are a lot of... Um, preconceptions out there on both sides of this. And so I wanted to talk to you about um, the science and your personal experience as a dietitian. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me here. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. First of all, do you do you find that this is a common concern of clients of yours that that um, I mean, what are, the, what are the sorts of concerns that people have? And how how do you respond to that when someone comes to you saying, I want to do this, but I'm afraid of this outcome or, or can I achieve this goal within a plant-based diet? Absolutely. It's a very common question. Probably about 40% of the clients who come to me do have goals in terms of weight loss. And so certainly it is on people's minds. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard you speaking on the the no meat athlete uh, podcast. And so there's, there's also another community that's very much thinking about the other side of it is concerned that they want to, they don't want to compromise athletic performance and they don't want to compromise their ability to build muscle. Uh, and can they do that on a plant-based diet? So I think it would be fun to get into both sides of that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So let's maybe talk about the weight loss first, since, um, that's one that you that you get a lot of clients, um, interested in. And so what would be some of your advice on how to approach that, um, within a plant-based diet? Well, I want to start by saying that, um, you know, when someone comes uh, with a desire to lose weight, there's nothing wrong at all with having a desire to lose weight or to have a smaller body. Um, We're certainly uh, pressured toward having a smaller body in our society, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes perhaps for the benefit of our health, sometimes perhaps to the detriment of our health. Um, and I think it is important for me as a dietitian to speak with someone about um, their uh, weights, um, you know, and their goals. I do um, believe that there is a lot of validity to the health at every size approach. In other words, 
trying to pursue health. Um, and within that, weight may change. In some cases, it may increase. In some cases, it may decrease. But weight on its own as a measure of health is a fairly poor measure of health. And it's really that we need to put together a metabolic picture for someone in terms of their health, weight, um, blood pressure, uh, body composition, um, fat distribution on the body, so weight to hip ratio, uh, and also um, triglycerides, cholesterol, these all together can paint more of a picture of metabolic health. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, people may have a desire to lose weight mostly for aesthetic reasons as well. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but I think on an individual level, they're not doing anything wrong. But I think our society has a lot to answer for in terms of creating that desire for so many people, especially disproportionately among women. Mm -hmm. um, how much of that is racially biased? How much of that is looking to kind of erase women or remove their power, uh, stop them taking up space? I think that there is something to be said for that. And certainly yo-yo dieting is very harmful to health. So all those things are true and make me cautious around weight management on its own. Um, however, it is on the flip side, it's certainly true that um, eating a mostly um, whole food and varied plant-based diet um, for most people in the population at a population level does um, lead to leaner bodies and um, to lower prevalence of overweight and obesity, diabetes, heart disease. Um, and so um, we can see that there can be um, some benefit to a plant-based diet in terms of long-term um, weight management. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's interesting to get into because it is a very consistent trend across observational studies that um, vegans have a lower BMI. So. Um, when we think about all the different ways that um, diets can vary, uh, what do you think are some of the features of a plant-based diet that actually point you in that direction? Well, I think um, plant-based diet being high in fiber is one of the main um, reasons why uh, people tend to have lower BMIs on a plant-based diet. Um, eating a lot of fiber is generally associated with better weight control. Um, also, eating a lot of fruits and vegetables is generally associated with better weight control. Um, you know, we're recommended as Canadians eat half of our plate from fruits and veggies, whether we're on a plant-based diet or not. Um, however, I think people who are eating a plant-based diet are often more successful at meeting that goal. Um, and fruits and vegetables do tend to be very rich in nutrients, but usually lower in calories. Mm -hmm. And that's generally true of a plant-based diet anyway, um, that if you compare a plant-based diet with an omnivorous diet, uh, generally a plant-based diet is slightly lower in caloric density, and um, that's another reason perhaps. Mm -hmm. But we also have to look at um, selection bias. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> groups tend to follow a plant-based diet? Um, are they following it for health reasons or for ethical reasons? 
someone who is following a plant-based diet or predominantly plant-based diet for health reasons may be making other health choices, mm -hmm. avoiding smoking, being more active. Mm -hmm. um, they may be more affluent. They may be more educated. Other types of behaviors and characteristics that tend to lead to leaner bodies as well. Um, so I think, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture too when we look at a plant-based diet. No, I'm really glad you brought that up because I, as soon as I said it, I thought, how you, how you can't promise you can't promise causation. That's a correlation. But I'm sure there are. I actually I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are also plenty of like randomized controls showing what happens when someone switches to a plant-based diet. But it probably also, you know, it's it, I'm sure it depends on what form of that diet they take, what they were doing before, and what else they change. And but um, anyway, so it's an interesting it's an interesting trend, I suppose. And um, Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, when I'm looking at um, having people sort of maximize the potential benefits of weight uh, management on a plant-based diet, I would certainly encourage them to follow the um, guidelines which are beneficial for health anyway, which would be including half of your plate coming from fruits and vegetables, um, choosing uh, whole food sources of fat more often, um, and uh, also, um, you know, when we think of the plate of the vegan plate, I don't know if you've seen um, Ginny Messina's work, the vegan RD, but um, the plate is, you know, here's our round plate and half of the plate is fruits and veggies. Then uh, we have um, starches and grains is a quarter of the plate. And then um, nearly a quarter is the uh, protein rich foods and then a slice for the whole food sources of fat, nuts and seeds, and maybe a bit of avocado. So, um, you know, if you think of that type of proportion of plate um, and eating to hunger, um, then that is a diet that will, for most people, um, lead to good health outcomes as well as weight maintenance. So how would that plate differ oh, if your goal was to lose weight versus your goal was to, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're already thin and you're worried that you're going to waste away or else you're, or, or the third category, you're, a, you know, someone who's burning a ton of energy in, in athletic performance. How might that plate shift? I would say the proportions of the plate for most people aren't going to shift all that much. It would be that you need to eat more food. If you are more active, you might need a little bit more starchy carbohydrate. For example, if you're an endurance athlete, you might need a bit more protein rich foods. Um, if you are a strength athlete, um, you know, if you're an endurance athlete at very high level, you might need to also increase your protein um, intake a bit. Uh, so these are minor alterations, but really, for the most part, we can um, continue to follow um, that plate model and um, simply eat more um, calories if you are finding that you're losing weight um, or if you are um, an endurance or a strength athlete. Um, you know, if you've been eating quite low fat and you are losing weight, you might want to increase your whole food sources of fat just to increase the caloric density a little bit of your meals. Um, so looking a little bit more often to nuts and seeds and avocado. 
Um, some people choose to include oils, some don't. Um, I think for people who are otherwise healthy, a small amount of oil can be um, an enjoyable part of their day. However, there are some people who choose to avoid oils altogether and that won't cause any nutritional problems as long as you are not avoiding fat altogether. You do need to consume fat, nuts, seeds, avocado, coconut. Um, these are whole food sources of fat. Yeah. Olives. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the calorie density concept as a useful one for people to understand. Can you, can you get into that and how... And how, how do you, do you recommend that people use that? And... I think it can absolutely be useful. So um, I think where the lowest calorie density foods tend to be, you know, leafy greens are probably the lowest calorie density and then maybe root vegetables, then maybe fruits, um, you know, then probably um, grains, then legumes and uh, soy products, high protein products, and then likely nuts and seeds would be at the top. Um, and other, um, you know, avocado, coconut, uh, those uh, fat containing fruits, mm -hmm. olives. Um, I'm really taking, um, uh, that's running from memory there or taking an mm -hmm. educated mm -hmm. guess on the, on the <clears throat> list. Um, but I think that's probably pretty close to accurate. And the thing is, if you eat closer to the um, top of that list, so more um, vegetables and fruits, then you're going to be getting a lot of nutritional density, so a lot of nutrients, but not as much caloric density, and you'll be getting a lot of fiber. So the concept is that you'll feel very full because you could eat, you know, 10 oranges or something. Not that I'm suggesting you eat 10 oranges, but often these are the kinds of comparisons that are given. You mm -hmm. could eat 10 oranges for the amount that's in one cheeseburger or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, and wouldn't you be more full on 10 oranges? These are kind of the arguments that are often. I think it's true to a point, but I do find that some people do respond very well in terms of satiety to high fiber low fat, low, calor low caloric density, but high volume diets, mm -hmm. whereas others do not feel satiated by that approach mm -hmm. and actually do better um, making sure that they are consuming enough whole food sources of fat and protein in order to experience satiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, satiety is extremely personal, and I think it's probably both physiological and psychological. I agree. Yeah. My husband and I have... have um, been experimenting over the last year or so with doing um, time, I guess, intermittent fasting of, of sort of like a five-two yeah. diet, and uh, it's been it's been really fun. Um, he he doesn't find it quite as fun as I do, but fun to like, say like, okay, you've got a five hundred calorie dinner. Let's each make our own five hundred calorie dinner, and and he he eats dairy, and um, so I have this like gigantic salad thing, and you know he might have a quesadilla with like two slices of cheese or something like that. His looks a lot smaller, but he still is going to feel more satisfied if he has, um, if he has some of those elements that I don't know if, how much of it's psychological, right. physiological, that he, he has a different notion of what it takes to have a satisfying meal than I do. But he definitely right. is, um, oh, that is, wow, that's a lot, you know, sort of, it's. Um, right. You really, when you, when you set it out and you actually map it out, you can it can be quite, quite a dramatic difference. Absolutely. That's right. And, um, you know, I do encourage people to explore what works best for them. I do 
encourage everyone though to try to stick with those um, uh, general rules of trying to get at least half of your nutrients coming from fruits and vegetables. Um, even if you're a person who is more satiated by protein and by fat, you can still look to um, fruits and vegetables for half of your plate. Um, maybe choose uh, something like avocado in the mix, um, but um, making sure that you're always um, adding uh, protein and fat into your meals, which you can certainly do that whichever way you decide to approach nutritional density, including um, a bit more fat if you're a person and a bit more protein if you're a person who um, feels satiated by those and maybe a bit less if you're a person that prefers a high volume approach. But I would say both, whatever your approach is, you should be including both. Um, and uh, in terms of intermittent fasting, I am actually a fan of that approach for some uh, clients anyway. And it is also an approach that I use myself um, and have guided um, some athletes and uh, a lot of clients through um, an intermittent fasting approach, sometimes 5-2, but much more often time-restricted eating windows. Um, usually starting with just a 12-hour eating window um, and then sometimes shortening that eating window a bit. Yeah, I was just going to sort of broaden our discussion to say that we've been talking about like the choice of which food you, which foods you're choosing, but there's also the aspect of when you're eating them and how much you're eating. So, and the interplay between those. So how, like when you're dealing with a client, how much are you focusing on each of those or is it always, it's always a different mix for a different situation and Absolutely, always a different mix. So mm -hmm. in terms of food specifically and food intake, I tend to work in three areas. The first is what you're eating. Um, so that would relate to this nutritional density, um, for example, um, and also relate to any convenience foods that you're including in your um, diet. Um, the second being um, how much you're eating. So that's portion size and frequency of eating throughout the day. Um, because even if you're eating um, very healthy food, um, you can still gain weight on a plant-based diet. That does happen. I very frequently have people tell me, oh, I've been eating a plant-based diet or eating vegan for years and I'm gaining weight and I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. And uh, so sometimes it falls into that category or perhaps people are um, you know, eating all four of the plant-based food groups, but really emphasizing one group um, more than the others, maybe to the point that it is leading to weight gain. Um, and it's often starchy carbohydrates um, that come up. Um, and then the last thing would be when you're eating. And, uh, you know, some people do very well with um, frequent small meals throughout the day and snack throughout the day and meet their needs that way and are very happy with that. Um, but uh, I find for many people that actually they benefit from um, eating their meals within 12 hours of the day or less. Um, and I also want to, to overall, I want to say when I'm talking about all of these things, I don't actually feel, and this may be a bit controversial, but I don't actually feel that anyone owes anyone else their health. You know, like if health is not a priority for you and comfort or there's you're in a difficult period or you just really enjoy having Oreos at 11, 11 p.m. or whatever it is, 
you know, that's also great. And I want to say as a dietitian, I'm not here to be a food police and I'm here to help and guide if that's what you want and health is a priority and you're looking for guidance on that. But I'm very cautious to not say that this is the way that I think people should be eating or what they must do or something like that. It's not it's not like that. Um, people can eat how they wish to eat. And the way that that interacts with their health and their bodies is, I think, really their business. Um, but if they want help with these things, I'm here and available to try to help. Yeah, that's that's an important message to convey that there's there's no set of rules, I guess, that people have to follow. Yeah, um, or, that's right. Or, or they don't have to want the same thing, I suppose, is sort of what you're that's saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you said about uh, the snacking uh, triggered a, a podcast I listened to recently. I honestly, I forget which one it was, but it was um, there was a, a researcher who studied the relationship between food quality and when it was consumed. And, you know, she observed that we tend to often, often our snacks are lower quality than our meals. And it's because, yeah. presumably because we're actually planning a meal and we, and we take the time to think about what a meal should look like. And we might not do that with a snack. Anyways, for that was just a, a, a simple insight in terms of just the value of actually, you know, planning and the difference between when you just eat without thinking and when you eat, when you plan. That's true. But I think also there's an interplay between um, emotional eating and it is more often going to happen like at the end of the workday or during maybe the three o'clock afternoon sort of slump, but mm -hmm. most often at night. Um, that's when, you know, we're less likely to sit down in front of Netflix and think, Ooh, I really could go for a kale salad. You know, it's really mm -hmm. more often that that's the time people are going to look for something sweet or something crunchy and salty. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I think, um, and again, nothing wrong with that. Um, however, if it's, if weight is an issue that you are concerned about or your health in general, if you are um, noticing that you are developing hypertension or high blood sugar or your cholesterol is uh, rising or one that I'm seeing quite often lately is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mm -hmm. If these things are popping up for you and you're concerned, then, um, you know, the snacking may be something to start taking a look at. And I can certainly help with that, too. Mm -hmm. Is there, um, as we start to wrap up, is there anything you wanted to say about um, in terms of weight loss myths or fads and maybe to, um, you know, clear, clear up some, uh, maybe some misconceptions? Well, I think the biggest uh, myth associated with weight is that I think a lot of people assume that just because someone is overweight, that that means that person is unhealthy or just because someone has a BMI in the normal range, that that means that person is healthy. We actually can't really tell uh, very well by looking only at weight, how metabolically healthy a person is or what their disease risk profile is likely to be. So it's very important to set aside those biases and um, try to kind of heal yourself um, because I think we're all, we've all been affected by um, diet culture. And I think, um, you know, try and heal yourself of some of those biases and uh, look at any, um, you know, pain that you personally may have experienced as a result 
of um, diet culture and then learn how to remove some of those biases from the way that you evaluate others as well. Mm-hmm. That's really important to, to think about, always thinking about your why, right? Before you launch down a path. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So do you have any, um, any, any last sort of maybe words of encouragement or advice for people who are contemplating um, a plant-based diet and unsure whether they can do so in a way that supports their body weight goals? Absolutely. I mean, a plant-based diet is highly modifiable, um, you know, in terms of supporting your health goals, including your body weight, being able to meet your athletic goals, being able to, um, you know, minimize your long-term health uh, risks. Uh, All of this can be accomplished on a plant-based diet simply um, through the food choices that you make. But I would encourage everyone to be eating a varied, mostly whole food, high fiber plant-based diet. And then within that, um, you know, modifying proportion size and certain groups of food uh, more so to meet your goals. And certainly speaking with a registered dietitian can help with that. Um, one last thing that maybe on the on the weight gain side, one thing that I've heard people say, uh, or for those with very high calorie needs, um, that it's you can only eat so many beans, or you know the foods that are the most calorically dense and protein dense are kind of hard to consume huge amounts of. So advice for people struggling with that, or or and, and additional resources, I guess, for those on that side of the equation. Sure. So I think eating more frequent meals, eating a snack later in the evening, um, adding more whole food fats, uh, nuts and seeds to your diet um, is essential in order to increase the calorie density of your food. So, you know, if you're looking to increase your weight, um, increasing the calorie density through increasing um, maybe more whole food sources of fat and protein, Um, Also increasing the frequency of um, eating throughout the day, increasing your portion sizes um, and adding a nighttime snack. I think those are all uh, good ways to try to increase your body weight. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you. Any any resources to leave people with for learning more? Uh, I actually have just written a plant-based guide to weight loss and a plant-based guide for athletes. Uh, and they're available on my website at PamelaFerguson.com. So you would find uh, the answers to a lot of the questions that we posed today and more information um, in those guides. Excellent. And I know your website has awesome recipes too. So I'm just going to put in a plug on your behalf too. Um, Thank you. Know, you. We, have to make, we have to make it real, not just theoretical, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely.